We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Sets Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, and we are going to chop it up all things women's hoops today, starting with WNBA free agency. It's at the tip of everyone's tongue. We are all intrigued, Gabe, about where these players may move. And we got... So I, we say it every week. We say it every week. There's so much happening. And this week, I think it's finally coming to a head. Like we are finally, like it'll be this week and next week. Everything's going to happen all at once. Um, and we may have to split up this podcast just if, in case you're watching on our YouTube channel or listening to us on a podcast feed. We hope you subscribe to the channel and make sure you're following us on Twitter at HerHoopStats and subscribe to our, subs- our newsletter, HerHoopStats.substack.com. This will be the intro for both of them because I don't want to record two intros. So yeah, that works. If, there's, if there's two videos, this is what's starting it. So we are starting with whatever is in the title of the video. <laughs> uh, but for the real podcast, for our, our true our true audio heads, yeah, we got to get into free agency because it went crazy as soon as we got off air last week. Uh, we got we talked on Wednesday and then it mm-hmm. went crazy. So I want to get into all these reports. First thing I want to say though is like these reports are coming from Christina Williams. Chantal Jennings, Rachel Galligan, Winsider, B. Terrell, Women's Basketball 24-7. I say that at the top because it can get very tedious for me to say that after each report. Um, and they are doing great work. So go follow them for all the free agency news. All right, let's start at the top. Okay. Brianna Stewart took a meeting with the New York Liberty. You sure did. Uh, that's a big deal. Because she is an unrestricted free agent. Sal decided to use their core on Jewel Lloyd. And now Brianna Stewart has taken a meeting with at least one other team. I We haven't heard any more reports of her taking other meetings. And it seems like she's actually seriously considering leaving Seattle 
Mm. Like, Christy, what was your reaction to this? I was shocked by that because I just thought, you know, she has a new family, a new baby, uh, you know, I just thought that she wanted to stay mm -hmm. in Seattle, even though they didn't core her. I just thought that she's like, well, that's all right. I'm going to stay. But New York, Sandy Brondello is the new coach there. I mean, they have a young team mm -hmm. of whippersnappers up there. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, you know, at first I was surprised, but then I was like, I can see the reasoning behind her wanting to do that. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. as you're saying, when you when you think about it, because well, first off, Brianna Stewart's from Syracuse, so right. her she I think uh, I'm not sure. I think her family moved with her to Seattle. Her parents did, mm -hmm. but I think mm -hmm. she still has ties to the region. Obviously, that's sure. going to be attractive to anyone. Um, right. Her her wife's family lives in Spain, which uh, if you look at a globe, you'll see that Spain is closer <laughs> to New York as well. So that there, there is a lot of ties there that make New York attractive. And I think the biggest thing that makes New York attractive though, is what you're saying, winning not only this year, but going into the future with Sabrina Inescu, Natasha Howard, this uh, Sammy Whitcomb, you know, it could go down the list of the whole roster in New York, but it's a team that has a lot of potential. And I think, right. Tell me if you agree with this. I think they have a little bit more potential long-term than Seattle does. Cause you look at Seattle's roster Sue's coming back for one more year. Uh, allegedly, this is her last year, but we'll see about mm -hmm. that. But one, yeah, one, one year is what they're right. saying. Right. So Sue comes back for one year. Jewel is probably coming back because she's under the core designation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of, like radio silence on Jewel Lloyd as well. Haven't heard anything about what Nothing. she's doing. Yeah. Nothing. And she can, mm -hmm. like, if you recall last year, like Neka Gumake took meetings despite being at the core designation because the right. sparks allowed her to. So right. I don't I don't know if Jewel Lloyd's doing that. But regardless, you look down the roster though, who are those next players coming up that are gonna be a championship team around Brianna Stewart if she stays in Seattle long term? So I think New York's really, really an attractive place for her for all those reasons. Right. And I yep. could I could see it happening. I could you see it happening or are you still like she's going, she's going back? No, I, I can see it happening just for what you said too. just, you know, the long-term big picture mm -hmm. in New York makes sense. Like that's what I was talking about. Like the reasoning behind it is that, mm -hmm. I mean, she's looking long-term she's looking, you know, where can I be a, 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 an invaluable piece of experience for a young team? I mean, she's already well-known with, you know, Natasha Howard, like she has ties with players you know, who were mm -hmm. formerly in Seattle. So I don't know. I just think it would be, it would be very intriguing to see what that would look like with all of them on the floor too. I think I would like to see that, just see what it would look like. <laughs> but I think it's it was, like, all right, we're going to finally, we're going to really figure out if Sabrina <laughs> Nescu is a new super. I don't know if you were going to say that. But. Yeah, no, I mean, along those lines, but yeah, I want to see what that would look like. Like would, would Sabrina take, take a step back or forward? Probably both, right? It depends. It depends what you expect from her. I expect her to be more of the facilitator type of okay. player. And I think we talked okay. about this in the past. Like she's at her best when yeah. she is facilitating. Yeah. Um, she needs to find. She needs to find their way to the basket a little bit more often. And right. you know, I think staying healthy is a huge is going to be is a huge issue. But major, major. I I'd love to see her as more of the facilitator. And she had. If you put talent around these players, obviously they can all coexist. 
I think there is a little bit of concern because Natasha Howard did leave Seattle to come to New York. And, you know, I don't really know the reasons for that, but one would assume that part of the reason was for her to be kind of the, the MVP candidate on the team. And if you bring in Brianna Stewart, the best player in the world, that kind of changes the situation. So right. I, I don't know. I think it's, it's a huge, huge win for New York to even get this meeting, especially yeah. if there are no other meetings what a what a victory for right. New York to come from for, to to go from a franchise that was playing in a bad arena didn't really have all those LMA resources to now being this yeah. team that has the all the resources that a player could want and is so attractive to a ton of free agents so huge huge win for New York and kudos to to the whole team uh, from ownership down in New York I think they're building something special. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what you have to look at, right? The, the potential. Mm-hmm. That's the word of the day with New York and the possibility of bringing in these unrestricted free agents like Brianna Stewart. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, and the other thing I want, I want to criticize Seattle quickly, because I look, I think Seattle uh, had to I think they probably had a lot more intel on the situation than, than we did, right? So they they probably saw it and said, hey, Jules is more likely to go. They probably figured that if Sue comes back, Stewie's going to come back. But I think this is this is a major, uh, fa- not failure, but a mistake. I think letting Brannister take a different, take a meeting, see what another organization has to offer and mm-hmm. be out on the open market, like that creates a situation that even if she does come back for this year, you know, you've created something that maybe puts it in our mind, like, Hey, maybe there's something better out there for me. Maybe there's, maybe there's a different world that I want to see in the future. And now right. the, sec- the second thing that they've created is an issue with Jewel Lloyd's core designation. Cause right. at this point, let's say Brandon Stewart decides I'm coming back to Seattle for a year for a one-year deal to play with super. And then we'll figure right. it out next year. Well, now if Jewel Lloyd signs a contract for more than this season, she will, they will not have the core designation to use on Brianna Stewart next year. Hence the problem of letting her get out into the other market and see the world. She may say next year, Hey, I really liked what they, that they told me in New York, or I want to hear what they have to tell me in Washington or Minnesota or any of these places. And I think just like that is a, a mistake and something that could really be a big problem. Obviously if Stewie and Lloyd signed long contracts, it's not, but I I'm, I'm a little worried for Seattle. Yeah, I, I am worried for Seattle. I mean, when Sue Bird said she was coming back, that was another surprise because at the end of the season, it did not look like that would be the case. But after, you know, thinking about it and and deciding that she wanted to go back through that grind, hey, that's on her. I love it, though. Yeah. I love it for her. But, you know, when we're talking five years from now, right? Three mm-hmm. years from now. <laughs> like, what, what does... What does that look like for Jewel Lloyd? And what does that look like for Brianna Stewart? So, I mean, a lot of big decisions. And then ultimately, obviously, what does it look like for Seattle? <laughs> I, and I think that's that's the biggest question is, is what the team will look like with, with all those moving parts still up in the air. I mean, what, what, what a turnaround it would be, though, for Seattle to go from championship in 2020 to losing Natasha Howard, Sammy Wickham, Alicia Clark, <laughs> Brianna Stewart, and then having Sue Bird retire. And like, like that is, 
that's, that's about as quick as of a of a teardown as as we've seen but it could work out you never know like right. the, the lloyd bird and stewie have not lost in the playoffs when they are healthy right yeah i mean think about that i mean but then you know if brianna stewart decides to go to new york howard whitcomb stewie sabrina it solves all of the problems. Like it immediately solves every single issue that we that I have with New York. Right. It solves them. Like everyone falls into place. Everyone has their right position. The defense is gonna make a lot more sense. Uh, you know, they they have so much, they would have so much versatility. Yeah. I think we can wait until next week. I think we should wait until <laughs> next week really to talk about it. just to, I don't know what's gonna happen, but it's just stressful. Gonna... No, it is stressful because you just don't know. And that's the thing. But I mean, the possibilities are very intriguing to say the least like I am like definitely eyes on and I think every WNBA fan has eyes on that decision by Stewie right it's it's uh everybody's watching that it's extremely exciting I think this is uh well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens I would still bet I'd still bet that she's going to Seattle um but the canary in the coal mine here might be Steph (laughs) Dolson right so if Steph Dolson decides before Brianna Stewart we have our canary in the coal mine situation because we will yeah. know because she still says uh it was leaked or reported i forget but i think yeah. it's just Chantel jennings um she has narrowed down her choices to seattle new york coincidentally the only two places that brianna stewart we know has interested come on and hey where, where did steph dolson play college basketball looks like yukon same as steph dolson <laughs> well, and, and and they played together, right? I mean, I think, and they yeah. they won a lot together, mm-hmm. and they seem yeah. to like each other a lot. So yeah. it, we'll see. I, I'm guessing <laughs> Stewie would go before Steph Dolson, but if Steph Dolson makes a decision, get excited. Is all I'm saying. Dominoes, dominoes falling. Whoever gets Steph Dolson, get really excited. And also because you're getting Steph Dolson, who's one of my favorite free agents on the market. I love Steph Dolson. Yeah, I think <laughs> she she fits great. So. The the Stewie thing, yeah, extremely exciting. Um, it's mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing. Okay, look, I want to move to some coaching news. Um, okay. Let's talk uh, about Phoenix. They hired Vanessa Nygaard as their head coach. Um, did you see the ESPN article about the entire process? I did. I saw that they had narrowed it down to four, yeah. and it's like forty eight to start with. I didn't know it was that big of a pool. I thought it was like 12, 10 or 12, 48. I thought, you know, Stephanie White's name was in the mix late there. And I thought, you know, she had a chance to get back into Mm -hmm. the WNBA after coaching the Indiana Fever for years to the finals. And then coached at Vandy, Vanderbilt, excuse me for abbreviating, but at Vanderbilt. And then, you know, I, I just thought that would be like kind of a natural move for her, but um yeah that that was uh that was a bigger process than i thought it would be seems stressful seems super stressful for uh for the phoenix front office and um you know at the end of the day i think they got a really good coach Uh, vanessa seems like someone who really knows the x's knows we don't know exactly where her coaching style is going to be um because she's never been a head coach so we're gonna we're gonna find out um who she is and i you know she she got she got this over at least a few really quality candidates, like you're mentioning Stephanie White, uh, Nali Nakase, who is with the Agua Caliente Clippers. I heard a lot about on my podcast <laughs> with Sabrina Merchant. Um, 
she's really interesting coaching prospect. We should keep an eye on her in the future. Okay. But Nygaard seems like a good hire. Seems like someone who wants to be in Phoenix and seems like someone who's going to be willing to deal with whatever comes after Diana Taurasi right. um, retires. Cause we, we don't know what that looks like. You know, we have no exactly. idea what that looks like. Exactly. And, and I love how Vanessa Nygaard's nine-year-old son, I believe he's nine. <laughs> he said, you're the shepherd because you have to take care of the goat. And, you know, obviously talking about Diana Taurasi on that. So I don't know. That's pretty cool. You know, I love, I love when little guys are, uh, cheering on WNBA team so yeah, she has to take care of respectability of that what just take care of a few goats though like this is, <laughs> I mean yeah. Yeah, it's like more than one goat there and that this offseason too for Phoenix is going to be uh interesting like they I don't I mean they don't have much flexibility but they kind of need to start it's going to be tough for them to even fill out the roster so mm-hmm. it, it'll be uh it's going to be a, it's going to be a re- weird road I think for uh, Phoenix but when you have Tarasi and Griner and Skylar Diggins-Smith, it makes it a little bit easier, huh? Exactly. I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, having a group of players yeah. that are chomping at the bit to get over the hump. And I think you have to circle Phoenix in that, right? With oh, yeah. Skylar and Brittany and Diana. But you have to be, you have to be um, cognizant of, you know, what that is going to look like after diana tarasi too right yeah. and and what that group looks like so it'll be interesting but congrats to vanessa nagar she uh she deserves the opportunity and they're getting that that uh women percent percentage of women coaches in the wmba exactly. higher and keeps going up yeah uh speaking of of women who could be head coaches uh pokey chapman is an assistant in seattle shelly patterson coming to us as an assistant in dc um also if you're wondering uh, for dc at least like they'd never filled the spot vacated by marianne stanley uh because asia asia jones left so uh right shelly patterson's in dc chapman is in seattle which of those are you more excited about or are you just more excited about all? <laughs> you don't have, oh, have to pick i'm sorry <laughs> I, uh, first of all i love both of them so that's tough like you can't like that's like yeah. choosing a child over another like no um, but wow, I'm just thrilled for Pokey Chapman to be back in the game. And I know her name was on the list yep. of what I thought was 12, but was 48 <laughs> in Phoenix. And I know that she had talked to them pretty intensely. And so just to have her back, you know, and, and Noe come in and, uh, just yeah. going ahead and, and hiring her, Noelle Quinn, the head coach at Seattle. I love that. You know, it's like the mentor thing. Yeah, You know, um, but with Shelly Patterson coming to DC, I mean, 20 years of WNBA <laughs> coaching experience under her belt. She knows, she understands, you know, the league. She knows, like Mike Tebow said, uh, she knows the league inside and out. And that's just what it, what it takes, you know, to have that knowledge of the league, but also knowledge of, of the team you're coaching, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to bring so much to the table in, in all ways. No, I think it's a great hire. Uh, both both of them are a great hires. Just to keep, you know, we've we've talked about this a few times. Keep women's basketball knowledge in women's basketball. We lose we lose too much of that. Um, so keeping those people in in the WNBA is a huge deal. And I think Shelly Patterson is going to be great for DC. Yeah. Um, just getting another set of eyes in there, and they they have a heck of a coaching staff. It's it's oh, absolutely. You got the Tebows, Mike and Eric. You got Latoya Sanders, and now you got Shelly Patterson. 
um, along with the rest of the organization. So <laughs> I think it's a great hire. I think Seattle also made a great hire. Um, obviously, though, it depends on what players you got. You got the best coach in the world if they got the players, they ain't going nowhere, as, as uh, Cheryl Reeve is, is very uh, fond of mentioning. <laughs> she does. It's easy to coach when you got the best players. Yes. Um, speaking of the best players, last year's MVP, John Quell Jones, reportedly returning to Connecticut. Um, yes. Believe Rachel, it's a multi year deal. Mm-hmm. And Rachel Galligan also reported that John Quell is taking less than her max, which is extremely mm. interesting. And I think one of the things, and one of the things that uh, Connecticut is doing with that extra space is bringing back Courtney Williams, <laughs> like I told them to at the end of last season. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> it's crazy. How about that? Uh, I don't, I mean, this is great. Uh, for me, from a content perspective, what do you think of it in terms of a basketball fit? I, you know, I was surprised. Number one, I know what happened in Atlanta and everything like that. However, uh, I didn't think she would go back there. Right. I thought she would end up somewhere else. Uh, but the fact that she's back up there, oh boy, that just really, I don't know. That's just kind of, that's just like, throwing one of those little poppets down the ground like you know yeah. it's like the whole box that's just one of those <laughs> bad boys like the whole box and it's like you know I mean it's tantalizing when you when you think about what she was like when she was with Connecticut mm-hmm. right and and the importance of her role as an offensive threat and I think you know with that key piece obviously with John Quill Jones back but with that key piece of Courtney Williams and her ability to rebound number one from the perimeter yeah. position one of the best guards in the WNBA in terms of board work but her ability to score in the mid-range like that's pretty tough and they need that so it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like now with Brianna Jones playing the way that she's mm-hmm. playing like they're they're the same names but their games have changed a bit and matured and been more competitively efficient so I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch well, and you have to limit, you have to limit the amount of Courtney Williams you're getting in your life. Um, not, I mean, I, not me again, from a content perspective, she's amazing. That's her I, I can get an unlimited amount of Courtney Williams, but from a team perspective, right. you, you do need to limit her a little bit. I think that's why she was so successful in Connecticut because yeah. she had a, a smaller role. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a bit role or anything. She was a big part of that team. But she definitely sure. had a smaller role, less usage than she had in Atlanta. I think that'll serve to make her a little bit more efficient. Not that she's ever going to be. Let's get it out of the way. She ain't never yeah. going to be efficient. Her her e field goal is never going to be at the place that you wanted to. But what this team lacked last year, I think, was just some clutch scoring. And not that Brianna January, uh, Brianna January, mm-hmm. you know, d- it doesn't have that in her. It's just that's not really her game. You know, just to toss it to her and say, hey get us a late a late clock bucket you know you can do that it's Courtney Williams so yes I think that that is going to be yeah uh it'll be good they just have to limit the amount of of Courtney Williams they're getting uh this year but I don't think it's going to be something that's like throws a wrench into the into the system um I think you know in terms of a chemistry perspective this is probably the best place for her to be right everyone knows her everyone everyone yeah dealt with her in the uh, yeah. past, so. Absolutely. But I, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, the chemistry piece is going to be the same, but it's going to be different because yeah. these players have changed a bit. True. Right? Yeah. So I think 
that's going to be really something to, to look for with Connecticut. Like, you know, you look at it on paper and it's like, oh yeah. But then you look at it physically and it's totally a different story uh, with the way uh, players have, have changed their skill sets and their confidence and their strength, all of that and their ability. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how she fits right back in physically, like on paper, like makes sense physically. Let's see what that looks like with, with all of the, the players and, and how they've evolved. Well, and she's going to have, I mean, she's coming in probably at best as a six, as a six woman. And I'm not even sure she's going to, you know, take that spot because Natisha Hyman's played great since in the past couple of years. I'm saying, what are you going to do? You know, they, they, they have some pieces there that could fit in in front of Courtney Williams. So it, I think it's about managing expectations to the player like that, managing her expectations, managing your expectations and dealing and, you know, I think I think Kurt Miller has a good grasp on how to deal with Courtney. <laughs> I'll say that. So I no, think it, absolutely. He I think it'll be good. Uh, but John Quell, man, I mean, you got you have to applaud her for taking less than the max. I, I know that's not necessarily everyone's first reaction um, because everyone wants these players to get paid as much as they can. But th- this whole team has sacrificed at least somewhat to get mm-hmm. this group to have a chance to win the title next season. And she was the last piece of that. And I think she uh, she deserves applause for coming back and sacrificing a little bit for the rest of the team. How about this? How about John Quill Jones? I mean, what? How much less money did she take? Oh, we don't know yet. We don't no. know specifically. No, I mean, Is it I significant. Could, I could. I don't know. Probably. I'm guessing it's not super significant. So, like, here, like a okay. list of taught. Let's let's. Uh, I'm just using like a diff, an example here from the same team. Okay. Um, so Alyssa Thomas, uh, she's getting paid $206,000 this year. And she, her, the super max this season is $228,000. So, you know, she took less, but at the same time, Alyssa Thomas was injured last year when she signed the contract. So exactly. Yeah. I, don't know, I would say it's somewhere okay. between, uh, Dewana Bonner's salary, which is 227, almost 228,000. So just a shade under the max. And then okay. some, and then probably above Alyssa Thomas's. So anywhere from 200,000 to the super max. So maybe, maybe it's 200 grand and um, it just depends. Like, I don't, you know, I got to look at how, uh, the, the, like we have a GM sheet. Yeah. The to, breakdowns to, to see okay. like, what their roster spot, but it, it is going to be, she's taking less, whatever it is. And why would she, and explain to, to me and, and <laughs> us why she would do that. Why does she need to do that? Why does uh, she need to do that? Because they, they, this team would be, um, let's see, I'm going I'm to tell you now. So they have about 500. Okay. If she took the full max, uh, they would probably not have space for Courtney Williams, depending Courtney. on what, okay. depending on what Courtney Williams' other, other offers are. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, if they're bringing in Courtney at the minimum, that would be space for someone else, like, in January or mm-hmm. you know any 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 kind of free agent at that level that would be to bring someone like that in so that's okay. why she would take you take a little bit less just because they do need a little bit of room I haven't done all the math here I'm sure Richard oh, no, Cohen, it's okay I'm sure Richard just, Richard Cohen's done it and we'll find out next Richard week. <laughs> but no I was thinking that it was because of Courtney but I wasn't sure like exactly I don't think it was just do that I don't think they would just do it for Courtney. I think it was more, okay. it's more so like, Hey, you know, it, 
we're trying to I'm mix willing, I'm willing here. to sacrifice because the rest of the team has sacrificed and we're here to win okay. the championship. Um, and if this, if this money helps us in any way, she may be willing to do it. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. John Quell John seems like, I, I don't know if you've ever talked to John Quell. Yes. Yeah. She is the chillest person she I've is. ever talked to in basketball. She is so <laughs> like, just like easy going, just yeah. willing to answer any easy, question. Easy. And like, it, it's a credit to her uh, that she's, she's willing to do it. Um, but more so mm-hmm. it's just like, it's an indication of her personality. Um, that being said though, mm-hmm. I think last year in the finals, we talked about that personnel in the, in the semi, in the conference, uh, excuse me, the semifinals. Semis, yeah. That kind of personality kind of uh, hurt them a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she is, I mean, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. And, you know, when she played at GW, they won back to back when they were in the A10, they won back to back A10 mm-hmm. titles. I mean, she's from the DMV. So, I mean, just to see her evolve from Riverdale Baptist to GW to now being all of that uh, in the WNBA. I mean, her personality has, has always remained the same. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it's an island <laughs> mentality. Yeah. Yeah. But she's so, toughie. Don't, I don't get that twist. I mean, no. she's K she's KD esque. Okay. With her skill set, um, her ability to knock in those threes and, and get to the rim and like all that at six, six, like, come on, like no. she's legit. She's legit. Uh, I was watching the the 2019 finals. You know, I, I watch it like I don't know, like once a month now. Like I was watching games. Oh, oh. I was like, love it. Just like watching John Quell battle Emma and just. Yes. Oh, I miss those days. I miss that those was days. so epic. And hopefully there'll be a parade. I don't know. I mean, I'm not pushing it. I I know, you know COVID <sighs> and all the, you know, variants. I get it. Hey, the Mystics deserve a parade for that 2019 run. I'm just gonna put it out there. Say what you want. I said what I said. So I think they do too. You know, I was gonna talk about Atlanta, but we could skip over Atlanta for next. We're obviously we're we're DC folk. Yeah. Let's talk about DC. Um, DC. So Myshine's out. I was gonna come on here and talk about there a report saying that uh, she has interest from Seattle, Indiana, Minnesota, and New York, which all makes sense. Um, but, but there was an Instagram post. <laughs> Welcome to reporting folks. I didn't get this. Reporting. I don't, I don't know exactly who got it. I saw it from Jackie. Somebody got it. Yeah. So it was a, it was a we post from Mike Shines Allen, picture of her and Mike Tebow, uh, with, with Mike Shines Allen kind of doing the, the shrug. And then it says, the next one says, y'all missed me with an oh. angel emoji. Oh, so I don't know what this means. I do. She's coming back. <laughs> That's Chris, exactly. Christy Winter Scott, breaking emojis. news. <laughs> I know all the emojis. That's what that means. Maisha Hines Allen coming back to DC. She's Mark she's, a, she's a restricted free agent, and they love her in DC. And it's hard to imagine them seeing an offer not uh, matching it. Yeah. Hopefully what this means though is they've been able to reach an agreement without her without having to match. Um, I think that's just a little bit better for the team. The team player relationship, if you could say, hey, we'll beat, we'll beat their offer because we love you here so much and you're such a big part of what they're of what we're doing. And you know, they she is a huge part of what they do. She's a huge part of their future. So I hope this means she's coming back. <laughs> and we could talk, we could just talk about her being back because you know, the future of the mystics, right? And we'll yep. talk about Landell Don in a second because we have some. Yes, we, have we will. Landell Don use. 
but the future of the Mystics, right, is Ariel Atkins, Shines Allen, and the number one pick, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, the smile on Mike Tebow's face <laughs> when the track lottery was up and Natasha Cloud, I don't know what the name of that dance that she did, but that was perfect. I mean, all of DC was doing that. And all of DC was smiling like Mike Tebow. I think it's going to be really interesting to see who that number one pick will be Mm -hmm. for Washington. Like it has, it can't just be like the number one pick should be this person. No, Mm -hmm. it's who is this person for Washington, Mm -hmm. right? And it has to fit the mix of what he likes. It has to fit the mix of the players that are in place and who are coming back like Maisha Hines-Allen, which I'm claiming already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think it'll be really, it'll be really awesome, you know, to get that, um, to get that bump, right? Yeah. Clark, healthy, Deladon coming on back, Hines-Allen coming on back, Cloud, come on, Ariel Atkins, let's go. Yeah. We don't know what Tina Charles is going to do, but I just like, what I see on paper, again, we're talking about on paper and the possibilities on paper are, are really exciting for DC this year because of that number one pick and players returning. Yeah, and it's hard to see. So if we're, if we're going to say my Shines Allen's coming back, which we are on this podcast, we're saying, we're saying it. it's, it's extremely hard to see a way that uh, Tina Charles also comes back because there's just not, there's not enough cap space. That's just how it works, uh, especially since Maisha had interest from other teams that probably drove up the price. So sure. I'm, I'm guessing she's close to her max, which would, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, actually, I don't know. Cause Ariel Atkins ha- is getting $170,000. Um, she signed an extension though. So the extension market's a little different, but right. I'm assuming Maisha is going to be somewhere between that 170 mark and that, and then that 196 um, player max that she can get. Right. So I, I think, you know, with that in mind, it, pro- it makes Tina Charles coming back extremely difficult. Um, so that that's just going to have to be how it is. But, you know, I think yeah. this team has to look towards the future. And like sure. I said, my shines Allen's part of that future. <laughs> Air Lacken's part of that future. And then maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Natasha cloud and, and um, depends on EDD, but this, this team is set up for, hopefully success this year right and hopefully and then now if they get Heinz Allen in a long-term deal it sets them up for a nice build going forward as well yeah no doubt and I think that's what what it's all about right I think yeah. with um, head coach and GM Mike Tebow associate head coach Eric Tebow and, and now you know with Shelly Patterson on staff yeah. I, I just think they they have the guidance and and the decision making Mm-hmm. Right. And we've seen what that has meant for this organization since Mike Tebow stepped yeah. foot in the door in DC. So let's um, let's just let's keep eyes on that. All right. Let's keep an eye on on what DC is is going to look like. Is Elena Deladon healthy? Uh, everyone keeps asking about that. Um, but it was good to see her shooting in the gym. The other day, Bradley Beal uh, taking a, taking that in, you know, taking in her workout after nice. the Wizards were nice. finished practice. Yeah. And Deli was, you know, she was getting some shots and recently named to that uh, USA team that's going to be working out in the D.C. area uh, next week. So, I mean, it's just good to see her moving around and going, good to see her obviously on the court 
and getting those those shots up and you know looking good so i think that that answers all the questions i mean we can speculate we can speculate but when you actually see people in the gym you know and you're worried about their their physical health and you know her back injury was pretty serious so you know to see her back out there is really encouraging no, it's great. And the Wizards could have used Landell Don the other night. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that 35-point game. I still uh, can't believe that happened, game. I can't believe the Wizards gave up a 35-point lead. We're now an NBA podcast, so we won't talk about it. Yeah. We'll just but we've thought right about there. it. We've thought about it. <laughs> I'm, not a Wizard, I'm not a Wizards fan. I just live near a lot of Wizards fans, so this is hilarious <laughs> to me, and I apologize to all of my, my uh, the DC faithful. So, oh, uh, it was a rough one. I'm a, I'm a Heat fan, wherever there boom so we're number one in the yeah. east and we have not yeah, given up a 35 right. point lead in the game yeah. that being said i wanted to i did want to get into this uh usa national team training camp yeah. roster um i mean all the a lot of the names you expect to be there but i think the biggest one like you mentioned is elena Daldon. Yeah. if you recall last year uh she said that she was willing to go to the olympics but she was not i don't think she was invited or she wasn't healthy or she you know she told them that she wasn't healthy those so, were both Seeing, seeing her be able to come in and at least work out with Team USA and try to make the team and, and try to play now in competitive basketball is an awesome sign yeah. um, for all of us that that missed this amazing, amazing player. Um, and then, you know, I can go through some of the other names on the list. Actually, I'll just go through all of them that are not Atlanta. Sure. On. We have Errol Atkins uh, Washington, from the Washington Mystics. Uh, free agent Stephanie Dolson, although she's listed as Chicago Sky on this list. We're going to have to update that next week, people. Uh, we have uh, Alicia Gray, Chelsea Gray, Derica Hamby, Natasha Howard, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, Brianna Jones, Banaja Laney, Jewel Lloyd, Kay- uh, Kayla McBride, Andrew McCautry, Kelsey Mitchell, Kelsey Plum, Brianna Stewart, Alyssa Thomas. It's going to be a super fun uh, little tournament here that we got, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be awesome to see. And then, you know, the coaching staff. Can we talk about the coaching staff too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cheryl Reeve, Mike Tebow, Kurt Miller. Vicky Who Johnson. else is on there? Vicky Johnson, Vicky Johnson and James Wynn. And James Wynn. Remember we talked, it's the, it's the banana boat. And they're and, you know, <laughs> yeah, and off to the side, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a banana boat. And then the, what we have six, there's six coaches in WNBA that currently no. are not on a national team. <laughs> so you guys are just like floating out in the ocean, waiting for the banana boat to come around. You ever been yeah, on a banana boat? Say it again. You ever been on a banana boat? I have not. And I have bad nerves and I don't do canoes well. I don't know. I don't like stepping onto things that can flip you over. Not I, like, I did I it like one that. time in the, in the Bahamas, I think. It was not, I, yeah, I, 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 I was not yeah. about it. I was not about the banana boat. Yeah, I'm not, I, I haven't ever done it. And I'm not going to do it. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Steam USA. I'm excited to see what role Sabrina has too, because I think I've, yeah. I've mentioned this in the past. Like she's the future, assuming her career goes the way we expect it to. She's the future of Team USA. Um, so I'm excited to see how she fits. I'm excited for Benajalina to get a shot here to uh, to show that she is she should be a part of this team because I think she should. Yeah, yeah I, I think it'll be really good to see. You know, obviously, like you said, how things shake out and and what the team looks like and what these players look like together. Mm-hmm. And again, on paper, it looks like one thing, right? And then you get them all in the gym and things start, you know, factoring in. And it's almost like the dream team from back yeah. in the day. And it's like, okay, all those like really <laughs> supreme 
competitors in one spot. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to say who's going to take a back seat and who's going to be an alpha, but that's what it is in those kinds of, in those situations. It's like, can't have everybody be an alpha, even though they all are because they would be at that level. Right. Um, But it's, it's interesting to see how, how the roles shape up. Right. And what that looks like after they've worked together and, you know, that's what it's all about. Just the battle. Yeah. The battle for the last the battle for the last shot between Chelsea Gray, Jewel Lloyd, and Kelsey Plum. <laughs> like those three, I don't think any of them have ever passed up a last shot. Oh, why not? And Me then Kelsey, Kelsey and Chelsea are on the same team. So Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. All the alphas, you know, somebody's gonna have to not be an alpha for a minute in that situation, right? I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't last know. shot, I, last shot opportunity. Somebody's gonna have to be like, no, you got it, and then cringe because they want it, right? I've never been good enough at anything to be in that position of <laughs> figuring out who the alpha oh. is or how to do it. You yeah. have though. Don't don't sell yourself. I you know. Yeah. <laughs> you and Vicky, yeah. You and Vicky yeah. Bullet had to battle. Oh, we did. We did. Oh, in college, it wasn't even a question. Like that was totally her, and I was fine with it. I'm like, good. Like we win, and I was happy about that. Um, yeah, but high school, AAU, sometimes you know some buzzer beating mm. situations. Only really one, um, yeah, back in, in AAU, I had a kind of a buzzer beatery, but it went around slow. Uh, so it wasn't even dramatic. It was like, yeah. That's dramatic. Okay, we'll take it. And it went, well, it was dramatic, but it wasn't like definitive. Yeah. It was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it went in. So we were like, hey, we won. I would have like, been going crazy yeah. if I was there. Uh, it, was, it was exciting. It was an 8 a.m. game too. So cool. that had us up for the rest of the day. So it was good. I got two, I got two more pieces of WNBA news. Also, just for the record, we're 40 minutes in. We're definitely, definitely going to take up a lot more of your time than we normally do on this Friday. So just hang out. Just hang out. It's, yeah, it's supposed to weekend. Hopefully you're making brunch or something. Uh, yeah. All right. In Atlanta, we have Tiffany Hayes reportedly re-signing with the Dream, as well as Nia Coffey and Kia Stokes joining the Dream in Atlanta. I like the moves. Um, depends on the contracts here. I don't know. I think Nia Coffey has a ton of uh, potential. Oh, a lot last year. Um, but it'll depend on the contract to see if it's a good contract or a bad contract. But right, I, I think it's, uh, we'll see what Atlanta does. I think they're kind of in, get the people that, get people in that want to be here yeah. and also collect some assets for the future. So we'll see, uh, yeah. we'll see how, go, uh, how, what their rest of their plans are next week. Yeah, I, I love Nia Coffee, the lefty out of Northwestern. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she has really improved in the pros, right? She was fantastic, over 2,000 points scored yeah. at Northwestern. So let's not even get that twisted. But in the WNBA, it's a different game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's more physical, obviously, everything. Um, but I think she has really come into her own as a pro. And, and that's always fun to see. So, and then uh, Stokes, I mean, her, her game, I mean, we already know about her. So yeah. I think that'll be a good mix, those two. And, and I think they'll complement one another well in Atlanta. It Stokes seems like a calming uh, locker exactly. presence just from, from the coaches that um, she's had. They all say that about her. So sure. good in Atlanta to, you know, get some stability. They're obviously going to have a brand new team, but coffee, coffee is an interesting prospect because she's, she's kind of made, she's, it took a while. Whoa. Kicking the camera. I'm good. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> uncross my legs. And my there was legs not, a, there was not an earthquake. Everyone. We're fine. <laughs> no, but uh, 
I think coffee, she, her, she shot like 40% from three last year. So she's like made that leap from four to three. Um, and mm-hmm. she also had a, another leap in terms of her defense, just coming from Northwestern, you play in that blizzard defense that's so specialized and it's extremely difficult to learn. I think it gives you a really good base for learning all our defenses, but right. learning how to play within a, nor- a, a more traditional scheme can be challenging for some players and she's overcome that. So coffee right. is, is going to be an interesting number. Um, but I think she's a she's a good fit for what Atlanta's trying to do. Okay, my last piece of news though, okay, is weird, and I did not know this before I started looking for stuff. Lauren Jackson is trying to come back to professional and international basketball what? at age forty. This is according to Matt Logie. I don't know if that's how you pronounce your last name, but oh, wow. I will find that out and correct it on the next podcast if I'm wrong. But Sandy Brondello has mentioned. That Lauren Jackson could come back to the Opals and, and play for Team Australia. Hmm. 40. I mean, she could do it, I'm sure. Oh, my, I mean, I'm sure, but wow, right? That uh-huh. came out of nowhere. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, her going into the Naismith Hall of Fame may have, <laughs> you know, brought back a lot of the, the juju uh, for her, maybe. I don't know. I just did not see that coming at all. Uh, she last played professional basketball in 2016 uh, in the WNBL. Uh, mm-hmm. And she last played in the WNBA in 2012. So it's right. been a, it's been a while. She's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. I'm sure, I'm sure she could do it. Um, but man, that did, that did come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that we were expecting a Lauren Jackson comeback. And yeah. I, I hope it happens because I, I happens. Love, <laughs> love to see her, love to see her play. I'll love to see her and Liz Cambage play against each other, but I'm not oh, sure. that would be feisty. I would like to see that too. <laughs> the, yeah, those two, those two again, a scrap. I would actually guarantee you those two again, a scrap. Right. <laughs> they probably I mean, she got in a scrap with Lisa Leslie, so yeah. I'm get. I'm. I think Lauren Lauren must have played with, played against Liz at some point. Maybe yeah, yeah. The Australian connection, maybe in some national. Oh, they already have a feud. Scrimmage. Oh, is there, is there a feud? There's a feud between her and I don't, I don't know. Is that why she wants to come back? She wants to come back because Liz Cambay is like, okay, they have, they have a little, okay. I didn't know about that either. Wow. That's breaking. We're breaking news all day long today. I need need to get up on my Australian news folks. (laughs) Um, All right. That's all I got for the WNBA. We're, we're, we should, uh, we should move on because we have like another entire podcast about college basketball to talk. Yes, yes, yes. We, hey, don't go anywhere because we're going to bring you some college hoops. Oh my gosh. Upsets over upsets over upsets this week and top 25. Hoops. unbelievable where, where do you want to start here do you want to start with the upsets the top 16 seeds we haven't talked about aoka lee scoring 61 points either oh we <laughs> got to go with the upsets because okay. for me i my eyes were popping out of my head every five minutes yeah on thursday night when oh my gosh at least what six upsets in the top 25 uh maybe yeah five. it may be five it may be five I'll count them up. I mean, we had a lot of upsets in our her. Yeah, it, it was uh, our her hoop stats ratings, which I use, uh, actually predicted a lot of these. Which, oh, see, there you go. Statistics. But, I mean, it 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 was crazy. You had you know uh, Auburn over Tennessee, Arkansas over LSU, 
You had North Carolina hammering Duke. That game was not close. No. Syracuse Notre Dame was frisky for a little bit. Um, just, just an awesome, awesome night of basketball. Let's start with let's start with Auburn, uh, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so it was funny because you, I, you told me that you talked to Kelly Harper. I did. Uh, and you said you said that she sounds like Pat. And I thought mm-hmm. about that during that game because I was like, oh my god, if she sounds <laughs> like Pat, this team is going to get it because they. It, it's such a, it was a weird game, but you got to give it up to Auburn. Just so much heart for, for Auburn. Yeah. Coach Harris, she said, you know, we really went into that game and, and really empowered our team not to be afraid of the moment. And they were so disruptive defensively. They forced 22 turnovers from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they had single digit turnovers. I'm not sure exactly how many Auburn had, but they forced 22 turnovers on Tennessee. And if you look at all the other stats in that game, that was the one that was most egregious. And that cost Tennessee that game um, and points off of those turnovers. I just think you, you just 22 have to, to be 9 for this, for 22 turnovers. to 9. Okay. But you just, you just have to be ready, right? And I think, um, you know, you're going to get every team's best shot. I mean, Tennessee was ranked number four in the country. Mm-hmm. And Auburn had one SEC victory before that one. Or that was their one. This was their one. This was their this one. They, was their they one. lost, so they one lost all the rest of their games. Oh, man. But they had some close games, but they just couldn't get over the hump. And Coach Harris was like, you know, we've been so close. And I think it, it was because of our defense and the inconsistency on that side of the court. And, you know, I just love the quotes that she had after the game is that, you know, we just empowered our kids not to be afraid of the moment and to go out and compete hard. And that's what we did. So, you know, whenever you... You say that it seems like such a simple formula, yeah. But if you see it executed, it's it's really, um, it really does something for the soul of a coach that you um, that your words actually mean something and that what you're asking for gets executed to perfection and you actually win the game because of it. And then that's just going to give your team confidence because wow, okay, she said if we do this, then this is what's going to happen, and it happened for us. So now what's Auburn going to look like moving through the rest of the SEC. But on the other hand, for Tennessee, like they just have to be ready to take hits like that from teams that are going to be coming after them in that way with confidence and, and defensive pressure, because that's what it was. Yeah. And Tennessee hasn't had that target on their back in a while. No, And this group certainly hasn't until, you know, last last few games really. Um, And so they, they needed to, I don't know though. I don't. I, I don't know how much it says about Tennessee. I think Tennessee's going to be fine. I mean, they have so much talent. They're they're a really good team. I really just think it says a lot more about Auburn, who you know, for a team to suffer, I, I counted five close losses. Right. If we include the one from Kentucky where they were tied with like four minutes left, it just you know, it, it's like it's like a, you got to keep chopping, right? You got to keep digging. You got to keep yeah. going. Um, and it's tough for a team to do that when you've come so close to getting these upsets to getting these wins and your own eight. And I think just at some point your luck turns. And I think it's a, it's a good lesson in, in the idea of just keep digging, just yeah. keep going. Like you will figure this out eventually if you keep going and the luck's going to turn your way and they pull the biggest upset of, uh, of the week. You know, they had a 9% chance of winning according to her stats and they, pulled Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They pulled it out. I mean, number four, Tennessee, I mean, they were 18 and one 
mm-hmm. and undefeated in SEC play, I believe seven and zero before that game. Yeah, and yeah. conference play. That's a big win for Auburn. I mean, wow. And they were celebrating as they should have. Uh, but wow, Tennessee's got to regroup and get right back to it. I mean, next week they play UConn yeah. on on the sixth of February, and that's if that game be... happens. If that game happens. Oh no, it's happening. It has to happen because I'm doing studio for that game. It has to happen. (laughs) Okay, it's happening. We're we're not even going to entertain that not happening. We're playing that game. But they they have to be ready, you know, and and UConn got uh, a squeaker over DePaul uh, by two points. So it wasn't really an upset. I mean, we're talking upsets right now, but, I mean, that was a great game, you know, down the stretch, right? That was an awesome game. Anissa Morrow. Whoa. I had not really gotten a chance to see her play yet. Duffy. Whoa. Duffy. She mm-hmm. jumped off the page, 30 points, 14 rebounds, two assists. And, you know, you got to give credit to UConn because th- this is uh, – that, that was a tough win. That was, they had to that dig was. deep there, injured. Um, AZ Fudd played, played really well, except for that mm-hmm. one like, severe – freshman mistake that she made on the inbound to give DePaul another chance at the end of the game there. Yeah. Glossing over that. uh, This, this UConn team has, um, you know, they've gotten it together recently and they, this Mm -hmm. game was a a substitute for their game um, against South Carolina. Um, I think UConn just because they had so many games that had to be rescheduled, they had to cancel that game against South Carolina. Right. But I think this was a, a, a really good big win for them. And I think it, it means um, it means a lot going forward that they, they could pull out a game like this. Yeah. I mean, no question. I mean, when you have all the injuries that UConn had and then the COVID hit right after the holidays, and then, you know, you're missing players, trying to get players back in. No one's going to put that in the, in the list of things when they're doing seeding for the NCAA yeah. tournament. I mean, maybe they should this year. I don't know, because every team has gone through it, it seems like. But I don't know how you factor in injuries and COVID when you're when you're choosing and selecting uh, in March. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, someone's not going to feel like they were treated fairly in that selection process because of the games that are considered losses. But go back to Maryland in the Bahamas, they had seven kids playing yeah. like you know, and they lost both of those games to Stanford and NC State. So are you penalizing them for losing or are you factoring in that they had seven healthy kids playing in one game? They only used six players. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not on the committee. I will huh. say that right now. But I mean, you have to look at that. But for UConn, yeah, that was that was a great win, especially um, with Gino's comments at halftime. Did you hear what he said? No, I did not. What he said? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a very Gino. I can imagine. It was very Gino. Um, but I don't like to say this, but I, I'm mean, this is verbatim from what he said. So it's not me speaking, so to be clear on that, so like, but he said, um, I think I don't know who asked, uh, w- what happened in that first half. He was like, We suck, and I was like, Oh wow, <laughs> and then after the game, he said, He said, We suck, that's it. Um, and then after the game, he said that, um, they, they asked him what he said to the team at halftime. And he said, well, I didn't think half of them would come out of the locker room after what I said to them at halftime. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. So, it, whatever it was, it worked. And, and they, got the, they got the dub yeah. um, over I mean, a tough it, to ball team that has never beaten UConn in, in conference or, or ever, right? They've never beaten them. 
I, I think they had some graphic up and it said 37 times. I would, I would guess, I would guess that the Paul's never beat in Yukon. Um, yeah. Despite, despite I was the, like, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, it's hmm. a great program, but it's Yukon's Yukon. Um, I don't but know. Two though, points. I, they were right there. They were right there. And, and right. I mean, they also, Yukon should have won it more comfortably. Um, they made a lot of errors in that last minute, which yeah. make me a little nervous, but I think they're actually, yeah. I think UConn is getting a little bit of benefit of the doubt from the committee and we can talk about the committee rankings later, but I think yeah. they're getting a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Cause like, I, I, we think, we think the world of DePaul cause we've watched them plenty. And, and yeah. again, Anissa Morrow is a superstar, superstar <laughs> as a freshman. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, De, DePaul is not tennessee or south carolina or any of these big teams that right UConn right. is typically measuring themselves against so i think it's a little a little concerning how close this game was but you know for a team that's injured and trying to get back to um you know where they need to be i think it's a good it's a good win and kristen williams was great um yeah interesting though that avina westbrook coming off the bench philly Edwards coming off yeah. the bench and in, in yeah. favor of some of these other players and it's working, so they gotta stick with it. But gotta go, yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm just a little concerned about UConn, especially. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Paige Paige's timeline, so uh, we're assuming no. she'll be back. But well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's get back into the upsets though, because I, I want to yeah. talk about the pigs, the hogs of <laughs> Arkansas running wild on LSU. <laughs> Uh, to quote, to quote Arkansas's football coach, turn that damn jukebox on because Arkansas wins ninety to seventy six, and Arkansas. Hey, hey, look, Arkansas, sneaking yeah. under the radar. I told you about them earlier in the season that they're you young, did. They're 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 inexperienced. They need a little time to gel. Kind of looks like they're gelling now. They're 16th in the Her Hoop Stats rankings. And after losing their first two SEC games, they are 4-1, 7th in, in HHS offensive ratings, 32nd in HHS defensive rating. Watch out. Just watch out. Keep your eyes on them. Watch out. Yeah, I like it. it was I like it. And wow, 90 points on LSU. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. And LSU, they were, what, where were they ranked? 14th? They were number 12. 12 okay they have moved up to 12 listen I mean that's a that's a tough team and that's you know that's a great win for them and I just think like what you said I mean they are flying under the radar but when you see what their efficiency numbers are looking like especially on the defensive side that's what I look at at this point in the season like how is your defense and how consistent is it and I think if they can play that way and get buckets like score 90 mm-hmm. like because mm. you know their pace is like crazy right yeah. I mean that's just the way they play so you have to be able to obviously get stops but you got to be able to put that ball in the bucket too and they're doing both really well right now well and their problem last year was they couldn't get stops so I mean I think they they've really um you know some of the that's newcomers it. have have had a bigger role um mm-hmm. you know Jersey Waffenberger Waffenbarger, excuse me, uh, not to be confused with Sailor Poffenberg, Burger, <laughs> Poffenberger. He's also coming to Arkansas next year is the point of what I'm saying. So we're going yeah, to two is. really long names in the back of the jersey. But she's been huge inside for them. And I think she's right. really missing um, that that player. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you get the ball in Amber Ramirez's hands. 
and there's some magic. She, she's just, a, she's a bucket. She knows how to get to her spots and get to her shots. And she has a lot of talent. And, you know, last mm-hmm. year she was like third on the pecking order um, for Arkansas. And now this year she's moved up. And I think she's, she, she's having a pretty good season. They're, they're coming together at the right time. And I, you know, it's a spooky, spooky mm-hmm. Arkansas team. We'll see. Samara Spencer also shout out to her third yeah. straight game setting a career high in points, the freshman. Okay. Um, and also Arkansas is just spooky for the future. This is a this is a, a little oh. spooky. spooky. Keep the eyes on. Keep your eyes on them. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know how worried I am about LSU. I think LSU is just I to me, they're just like, you know, in that sort of middle 15 15th best team in the country tier. Right. That's um, why I said 14. That's why I thought they were at 14. Yeah. And I, you know, don't have it in front of me, but yeah. And the 14th best team in the country is awesome. Um it was funny though, because they like it was like right before their game, they had the committee top sixteen reveal. They did, uh, and and our, I think LSU was like third, the third, the third, uh, the third seed in whatever re- mm-hmm. region they were in. And so they posted it, and then like immediately they just started getting hammered by Arkansas. Like the game was over <laughs> almost immediately. I was like, oh no, you're like, this, wait, this is bad luck, this is bad timing, bad timing, bad timing, but. Yeah, I, you know, that top 16 reveal at this point, right? And I know that has to be hard to because of what we were already discussing about injuries and COVID pauses and all that stuff. But I thought the list was pretty comprehensive, yeah. even with those things factored in. Um, so, but you never know. I mean, at the end of the season is when it really matters. But right now, it's interesting to kind of take a peek in yeah. to see what things are looking like or what they're shaping up to be. Yeah, and you know, we talked about this in our we did we did a bracketology show, I think like two weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um, but we talked about, you know, how it's gonna shake out the top, right? It's gonna be probably South Carolina, Stanford, the winner of the ACC and the winner of the Big Ten. Um, I think it, to me, Indiana's a little bit low at six. Um, I think they if I was the committee, I'd mm-hmm. say, hey, look, like Indiana's gonna like they're gonna be there. I get why Tennessee right. was four, but clearly like at the end of the year, Tennessee's gonna have to play South Carolina probably twice. And so right. they're going to be down one, but that's fine for now. I, those are your top four seats, South Carolina, Stanford, NC state, Tennessee. Uh, your next four would be Louisville, Indiana, Texas, Arizona. So I don't have like many big problems here. I would say Michigan probably deserves to be higher than Arizona. Um, Michigan beat, you know, the Michigan hammered Ohio state. Um, they did twice. They swept them now. They were. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's two times on Ohio state. So, whew. Uh, Michigan's looking good. I think they probably deserve to be a little bit higher. And I would say Kansas State being a top four seed is a little high, despite Aoka Lee. Um, yeah, Aoka they Lee, lost. though. And, and Kansas State got hammered by Texas last night. So right. it'll, it'll change. And like you're saying, it matters what happens at the end of the year. But I don't think it's like it's not egregious by any means. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fair for the moment. Yeah, for the moment. <laughs> for the but moment. But then it, cha- it was funny, though, because it came out at halftime of the South Carolina Ole Miss game, which – we're not even talking about because South Carolina again hammers just just absolutely beat them to a pulp. It was yeah. it was not close and it was never no. close. There was never a question no. of what was happening. Um, no, but you know it, it's just we'll see what happens uh, right. at the end of the year because it, this thing came out and then immediately you could throw it out the window because Tennessee <laughs> lost, LSU lost. You know, UConn struggled. Michigan won a big game. Texas won a big game. Kansas State lost a big game. So it's just like you can throw it out as soon as it happened. 
Exactly. No, I mean, that's why, I mean, this week, you know, I was talking about all the upsets and how my eyes are popping on all of them. You just don't know. And, and right now it's, you know, the teams that are playing the best defense yeah. are the teams that are upsetting people, right? Like mm-hmm. Auburn, we talked about Michigan's defense goes understated. Like we're not talking about how well Michigan has played on the defensive end this season, the Baylor game, the overtime win against Baylor early. That was a defensive win. Nas Hillman didn't even play in that overtime session and they beat Baylor, uh, you know, a top 10 team at the time. So, I mean, I think for as great as offense is and how fun and how exciting it is and the Nebraska bench (laughs) has so many great (laughs) antics right now. And it's because of offense and I get that and they should celebrate it, but wow. It's really about the defense, Gabe. If you really break things down, like on her hoop stats, you know, just looking at the efficient defense that teams who are upsetting these top 25 teams, the defense that they're playing is getting them over the hump. Yeah. It's not there. I mean, they're buckets. Okay. You got to make shots. Don't get me wrong, but you got to make stops too. And, And you have to do it consistently and so i just think that defense goes understated and rebounding too yeah and that and both those things are exactly why south carolina really stays above water most most games i mean they did lose that game to missouri but honestly i don't that i'd still have many explanations as to how that missouri game happened i think it was just you know one of those things that happens in in basketball that are unexplainable (laughs) because missouri is a good team but look at what south carolina and the thing that keeps them so steady and so consistent is their commitment to defensive end, knowing how to play with each other in defensive end, and just like they love to grab boards. Blast. They love to grab mm-hmm. boards. And I think mm-hmm. you're totally right in what you're saying of like the teams that succeed in not getting upset value defense and rebounding above everything there else. It is. The teams that are succeeding in upsetting teams value defense and rebounding over anyone else. And like North Carolina is the other upset I want to talk about. Like, that team is 100% defense first. Um, yeah. I think, you know, they have been a little, I would say they've been a little bit overrated in not only our HHS ratings, but also the net ratings, but they're just an awesome, awesome defensive team. And they absolutely shut down Duke um, last night. And, you know, it, it got a little bit closer at the end, but UNC wins 78 62. And it was, they held Duke to eight points in the second quarter. So Oof. that's Oof. tough. I mean, that's defense. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if you are committed and trust your teammates on that side of the floor and it's one on ball, everybody else and help. I don't care what scheme you're in zone, man, junk, whatever one on the ball, everybody else is helping. And that's the concept that, that, you know, needs to be taught more, but that's also what that, that buy-in is all about is the understanding of that. And Auburn, Auburn really had, was a great example of that. They played a ton of different de- defenses um, and they were all successful in keeping, in keeping Tennessee out of the middle of the paint. So yeah, I agree with you. I think the, yeah, when you look at the defensive ratings, that's where you're going to find teams yeah. that are, are prime for an upset. I do want to point out one thing with Duke though. And this is like not groundbreaking science. They struggled to score against really good defenses. And again, this is not like rocket science. It's tougher to score against the teams that play defense well, but I'm just a little worried because you kind of have to beat those teams in order to get far in the tournament. And the team, you yeah. know, they've, the teams they've played, uh, Virginia Tech has a, has a good defense, South Carolina, NC State, North Carolina, they were shut down by those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it's a little bit concerning if you're, if you're projecting them out as a, as a deep tournament run team, right. To see them, you know, struggle so much against, against these really good defenses. But I think UNC, man, they're a little bit, a little bit like Arkansas, like the advanced stats <laughs> love UNC. So little spooky 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 hogs wait wait spooky hogs and spooky tar heels heels. they're they're waiting around i'll I'll be a little scared if you see them in the grass um we we should definitely talk about aoki lee 61 points yes please i mean so hey no assist no assist and she should have had any man like Buckets, just, just buckets. Just buckets, man. You know, you go, what did, what did uh, Giannis, when they won the championship, he went in and said, just nuggets? Like, <laughs> just just nuggets. I just want... Just buckets. <laughs> and just buckets. I mean, that's what she had. I mean, it was incredible, though, if you watch how she was getting her offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just early set up with her seals, great hands, quick into her shots, um, making great reads, and and when you when you have that instinctive mm-hmm. part of your game, I don't care what play you're running, it's give me the ball and get out of the way. And it's not selfish because you are on one that night, like you are like focused and intentional with what you want out of the game. You see where your team has an advantage. That's why when you said, you know, we were talking about um, like how players have like an alpha mentality. You know, we've we've talked about mm-hmm. that before and how you have to you don't necessarily step back i mean that's your team yep. like if if one has it your team has it oh, no. right and your team wins because of it we were talking about vicky bullet like me playing with vicky bullet listen vicky you take all the shots guess what huh. we're gonna cut this net real quick yeah. after this game and i'm good like that's how you know lee's teammates were probably feeling like hey here she take it her. because you are going to work down there so we're just gonna feed you you don't have to worry about kicking it back out. I'm not relocating. Guess what? It's going in there and you're going to finish again. Yeah. And we win. And that's the beauty of, of that kind of performance. And she's like doing this on one leg. We haven't talked enough about the fact that she has like an entire brace. Actually, I don't even know what leg it is now that I'm thinking about it. The right leg? I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It clear, clearly it does not matter. Yes, yeah, she's good. She, she's like, it, she looks at times like she's dragging the leg. But I feel like, honestly, she's she's deceptive. She's doing this right. on, like to a certain extent. I think her leg probably does hurt, but to a certain extent, she's like dragging it around, dragging it around. And as soon as she hits that three point line, sprinting down to the post to get a seal, and yeah. she's just so big, like it's it's not stop, it's not top. Look, if you don't have a player that is as big as her, right, you're going to lose the game because she's right. unstoppable. And Steve Jones brought this up on the dunker spot podcast the post entry passes were there for kansas state it's a lost start it's a lost start i know chris is i know chris you see my vein popping out i heard that the vein on this side of my head that comes out when i get irritated look get getting the ball into the post is a lost start and those kansas state guards they did it kind of easy kind of an easier task when you have the biggest player on the court by far getting these really great seals but awesome post-entry passes, shots to Kansas State. I, I think uh, they they all deserve, like you're saying, though, they all deserve that credit for this. Exactly. Like, it's a team effort, and they were so pumped for her. I, I was, those those cool. It was a really cool moment. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, can we throw bounce passes into the post, though? God, that's Apparently all I'm going to say on it. 
that's all I'm gonna say. Tired of it. I, I, you know, hey, I, it is not, it's, it's harder than it appears. However, it's also easier than I think it seems as well. It's easy. It's easy if you make it easy. It's difficult if you make it difficult. You got like, if you're, if you're, if you're posted up, the last thing you want, Gabe, is to come off your seal. Mm -hmm. have to go be some acrobat to get the pass mm -hmm. and now you catch it and what are you going to do with it because you've lost your position mm -hmm. because someone's throwing you a pass that's off the mark and now you have it and now you gotta kick it back out and like you work so hard to get the seal so you can make a move mm -hmm. that you can finish right yeah and then now you have to go reach or drop down and get the ball like come on man or go sailing over your head yeah, oh, don't get me started. Well, I was watching the Alyssa. I was watching the Alyssa Smith tape, and you know, hey, Baylor's so a good, Baylor's a good yeah. team, but they throw some insane, some just terrible just, entry passes. At the, I don't get Alyssa. it. I don't get it. Like you have to. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's a lost art. Can we just say that? I don't understand why it's a lost art because. I mean, I know the N1 mixtape or whatever. I know everybody's on, you know. They had great post-entry passes in the N1 mixtape. Say again? They had awesome. The N1 mixtape tour had a great entry passes. I guess so. so. We could watch but, a tape, but they did, if I if I remember from watching it recently. I guess so. But a lot of it was one-on-one -on -one moves. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of it was like, yeah. you know. Kids that's what kids practice, right? I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a high school coach. You probably have the answers more than I do. I don't. I wish I did because <laughs> I can tell you what. The thing about it as a coach, as many times as you say things until they actually get it, almost like what the Auburn uh, coach Harris was saying mm -hmm. in the Tennessee, after the Tennessee uh, win, um, it's, it, you know, if you listen and apply, guess what? Good things can happen yeah. if you try it. Just try it because coaches just want you to try things that are outside of your comfort zone that force you to focus on getting the job done and executing. And then, well, let me just try it this way, sailing out of bounds yeah. or off the mark. And then you lose, right? And it's and then it's like, you know, are you upset because we lost? Or are you upset because you didn't focus on the things we were telling you mm -hmm. to do? Don't get me started. I mean, I'm already started. So I just like, it just do just do what we're asking you to do. And it's not that we're being, you, we're not dictating to you we're helping you like we're coaching you no, yeah. to to learn these basic concepts of the game and having played a post i am like totally honed in and and empathetic to the post player working their behind off on the block fighting with the defender and keeping them behind holding the seal and then the pass goes over there somewhere. For yeah. what? It's, it's, I don't understand. It's, it's the definition of insanity. Like, I'm going to keep doing this, uh, you know, over and over. I'm like, dude, like, just, just try it. Fake it and make it. Fake it, make it. It's, Bounce it. So one thing I bet Kansas State practices the entry pass. Oh, they have more to than, do it. They, they probably practice it more than any other team in the country. Um, All day long. Because their whole offense is a Philly. To a certain extent, like yeah. use the offense, so they they must sit there and just you know pass as it they down. should. Pass them. If she's and gonna finish it, she's got great hands. She's gonna finish. Yeah. Put the ball inside. Well, and so many and so many players focus on skill work, which is the right thing to do for your player development. But sure. in that skill work, you're not working on 
getting the ball down to the post. You know, no. as a, as a, and as an elite guard, you're probably not doing that. So you either have no. to have the talent, the passing talent, to to know that, or you're gonna have to put that more into your practices if you have a big post player. And like I, I'm sure Baylor has, has been trying to do these post entry passes workouts, but right. you know, I'm sure those guards have been trained for so long that they they don't really they don't have that skill set yet. So I think it takes some time and practice and. I don't, I'm not, I don't think we get that as much just because of the way yeah. we focus on skills and player development, which is the right thing to do. It's just exactly some things you got to work on outside of that. Um, but the other thing you said that I thought was really interesting was, uh, you know, I was remembering Emily Angsler last night after Louisville beat Florida state. Um, she, she was on the ACC network post game mm-hmm. and she came on there and, you know, they asked her like, Oh, how'd you do it? I forget. I forget what kind of what point she had, but she was like, you know, I just listen to the coaches, man, and uh, you'll be surprised, but they're normally right. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I have to send that, I have to clip that, says the Christmas that you could play. Yeah, clip it, clip it. I'm post it, retweet it, and all of it, because, uh, I mean, just listen. It's not that hard to do, and, and it's not saying that you don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I know when you're competitive, it's like, ah, okay, let me try this instead. Okay, but then we lose, and then we'll never know, but then we never know. Right. Right. And who knows what the coaches are saying? Like if we never get an idea of what yeah. that is, because we're not trying it, but I know it's not going to work, not trying it. <laughs> and then you not lose. Gosh, it's very simple. The formula is very simple and it's almost like uh, parents, right? Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay. But then, you know, years later, it's like, Oh, I understand now. And it's unfortunately going to be the same thing in coaching. It's like five years later, like, oh, uh, it's too late. Just try it. Uh, yeah, listen, listen. You have two ears and one mouth. Two ears, one mouth for a reason. Listen, execute. I, as a kid who never listens to their parents, <laughs> I empathize with the players. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm here on your side. Don't worry. That's what it is. However, That's I do it. want you guys to pa- practice your post-entry passes. Yes, personally because i love i love post-ups and i want to see more of them Stop um, playing around. <laughs> i want to talk just briefly about previewing this weekend of college basketball we've been talking for like an hour and 16 minutes so we're just going to continue talking. fun stuff fun stuff <laughs> uh let's uh i want to just get uh some games on your on your schedule folks so we got iowa going to northwestern that'll be super mm-hmm. fun caitlin clark is on one um I'm not sure they, i don't think the kids say that anymore but Oh, well, let's bring it back because it's true. She had 17 <laughs> assists. Um, no, 18. Oh, they, they gave her another one? They gave her another one. Um, oh, wow. I was on that game, and during that game, um, the, our producer was telling us, like, I think they missed an assist on stat broadcast. Really? And then after the game, they went back into it, and uh, and she had 18, so that's the Big Ten record. Yeah, 18 fun. of them. I think uh, I don't remember if the, it was fourth most at 17. I'll give it a quick look. Let's see. I think they said 18. Yeah, I need to grab my chart. I, I will. Uh, I will let you know. Christy has uh, gone to get her chart from the game. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up now. Um, yeah, talk to me. It's uh, my my internet's slow. However, uh, yeah, Caitlin Clark versus uh, the Blizzard defense of Northwestern is going to be extremely fun. That's uh, on at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, in Saturday, 
you got some sneaky games. I think Texas, Oklahoma is going to be really good. Um, Oklahoma's just one of those teams that, you know, runs and shoots. It's a, it's a run and shoot offense. If you like football, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but Oklahoma, Texas on Saturday at 3 p.m. is going to be great as I'm still waiting for my internet to load to talk about the <laughs> record. Oh, no, it's all right. No, I, I do know that I, I think on the um, on Iowa women's basketball on their Twitter page, they had all 18 of the assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that video. So that, they're like, no, they documented them all. So I was like, okay, well, definitely 18. That I mean, that is that's a that's a large large number for <laughs> anyone. And Caitlin is yeah. just like absolutely. I mean, might be player of the year. If, if Aaliyah Boston wasn't so good, I think Caitlin oh, Clark would win it. But Aaliyah Boston has been so good, and her team's the best team in the country. So you can't. And she's only a sophomore. I mean, it's not like she's a senior, and we're like having this discussion. <laughs> like she's in her second. She's halfway through her second year, so she's a year and a half into this thing. Oh man. And and doing it. I mean, she is doing it. I'm a fan. Okay. I mean, I know I'm supposed to, you know, I'm a fan of women's basketball in general, but I'm also a fan of, of players who put the work in and it shows every game somehow, like her shot wasn't falling at the beginning of that last game where she had the 18 assists, but she was doing everything else. She was boarding. She was setting up her teammates. And I'm like, she wasn't pouting because her shot wasn't falling. It was like, listen, you got it. And it's like just dropping it all. Of, I'm like, come on. She's I mean, those are the kind of players you have to give a lot of respect to. I just respect her game. Uh, and it's a, a, it's, it's a consistency of it. And I think that's what I appreciate yeah. about her and Aaliyah Boston. And, and, you know, we go through a whole bunch of players across country that are being extremely consistent, bringing mm-hmm. their energy and effort every night. Um, yeah. But I think those two lead the way in that category. Uh, yeah. I did want to mention some games on Sunday, just to get them on your schedule. 12 yes. noon on SEC Network. South Carolina traveling to a frisky Florida team. Oh boy. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure South Carolina is going to kill them because that's what South Carolina does. They're a death <laughs> machine. Um, <laughs> got Kentucky and Ryan Howard, where they are on the struggle bus. They just lost to they Vanderbilt. Are. Uh, they it's, are. It's tough. It's tough. They, they shed, I think they sent a box in one or maybe even the triangle in two at Ryan Howard and, and Kentucky couldn't get past it. So uh, they have, yeah. they're going to LSU. Could be an interesting, it's an interesting game just from the aspect of a, a pro prospect like uh, uh, Ryan Howard going against LSU. Yeah. 3 p.m. ESPN, Duke heading to Louisville. We'll see. That'll be, that'll that'll be, be interesting. Also at 3 p.m. because all of these games are always at the same time because, <laughs> you know, whoops, why? Uh, we have Georgia Ole Miss. That'll be fun. I think that's going to be really, I mean, again, we have another top pro prospect in the Shakira Austin uh, mm-hmm. from Old Miss going up against a really, really talented Georgia team and a team yeah. looking for more this season. So going to be interested in that one at 4 p.m. NC State in North Carolina. NC State killed North Carolina mm-hmm. last time. So I don't know. It's a rivalry. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be better this time, but the headliner 4 p.m. ESPN two mm-hmm. Arizona heading to Stanford. Oof. I'm excited for that one. Do you have any thoughts on that one? On any of those heading in? Oh, all of them. Number one, I always say that anyway, but I really am intrigued by that one, by the Arizona-Stanford game. I mean, obviously, that was uh, the big game last year in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, obviously in the same conference, I get it, but I don't know. I just, I love the the rematch of it all. And at this point in the season, it's really a, 
a temperature check for both teams. So I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think, I mean, I think Stanford's going to, going to run away with that to pick. I mean, I, I just haven't, I haven't been that impressed by Arizona this year. I mean, you have to give it up to the record. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Adia Barnes, you know, the job she's done there is, is incredible. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I just haven't been super impressed by them. Their losses are to USC and Oregon. Oregon's a, a damn good team, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Stanford probably taking that one. Do you want me, you don't have to make a prediction. I've made a prediction. Uh, you know, I don't like to do that. You don't have to. But... You don't have to. However, no, I mean, I, I think that it's going to be a, a close game and, okay. you know, when it's going to come down to defense, I think Stanford's defense has been fantastic this year. So Ooh. I don't know. Ooh, Monday, Monday. We're, we're not going to be back here by Monday, but I just want to put this one on the schedule because I didn't, I didn't. Where do we have it. Monday? Wait, you might have one of these games on Monday. But, uh, we got, well, we have Arkansas, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. on SC Network. Again, we just talked about Arkansas and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Good, good. And we got Indiana at Michigan. Big Ten title preview? That's on ESPN. I too. think that's, that's – that, is that ESPN, though? That's ESPN. Okay, I was going to say, I have a game Monday, but it's not that one. I was do like, have, wait, I don't have that one. <laughs> which one do you have? Do you have Ohio State? Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I have to look. I, I'm, I'm spinning. I'm spinning with games, but I, I do have a game on Monday. It's a Big Ten. Uh, game. Yeah, yeah, you got you got Ohio Wait, State. Wait, I can look. I can look. No, no, I got you. Wait. I got you. There's only two Big Ten games on Monday, okay, so the other so. one's on Big Ten Network. That that's Christy Winter Scott territory. We got yeah. Ohio yeah. State at Iowa. I don't. I don't think I have that one. Hold on. Can I look? <laughs> it's if the only I, other I, Big Ten game on Monday, Christy. If I scroll up, what's the other one after that? I have my schedule right here. No, that's it. Those are the only two. Oh wait. Oh yeah, that's I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's like so far ahead for me. You know, yeah, we, we think day, 24 hours. Right? You know, we think I stay an hour on the long day or the next day. I'm on the day and the next day. After that, I have to look at the, uh, at the grid. Ohio State, Iowa is going to be awesome as well. Yes. Um, just, but that Indiana-Michigan game, huge, huge implication. Yeah. So that's your schedule, folks. So you have games de- uh, definitely on Sunday afternoon. Don't book anything. Monday night, don't book anything. Uh, if you can get away with watching it on your phone on Friday, you can probably do that. Saturday again, maybe a watching on the phone situation. You got to get, you know, you got to do things with the your people in your lives that don't love basketball as much as you do. Right. We that's all right. understand it, but that's why you have a phone, so you can never ever miss out <laughs> on any of this, and you can never exactly. ever miss out on a, on a courtside podcast. I mean, I that's all I got. Uh, anything else we missed? I mean, we talked for an hour and a half, so oh boy. Well, I do want to just um just add two things one is um sending out prayers uh, of love and comfort to the family of maurice brown he was a fantastic cameraman at nbc sports washington for years and monumentally worked with the wizards the caps the mystics um, and a lot of other sports in the dc area but uh he passed away um over the weekend and um just really sad. Um, he was at the Caps game working, Gabe, and and had a, a medical event, and and he passed away. And I think it, it's really, um, you know, it, it just really makes you uh, think about all the times that you've been around him, and and all the people bringing up these stories about him, and and how true to life he was with with how he did his job, and um, he had a passion for it. So. It's just really sad. 
how, yeah. how close that cameraman like you you don't, if you're on the outside you understand like how important the cameraman is not only to the event but just like to yeah. the, the team so that is um, that's very sad yeah it was super sad and you know he's brought in as a um a replacement that night like he wasn't mm-hmm. he was he wasn't scheduled and stuff happens and um, can you come in yep came in and that was that and it's i don't know i'm still a little bit um shaken by that so mo brown rest in peace and then obviously kobe yeah. you know and and Gigi. so it's been uh a rough week uh, in terms of grief uh, for me, um, just in general. Then um, the seven other um, people who perished two years ago, which I cannot believe. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a lot. But just wanted to to give respect to uh, the Black Mamba and um, and Gigi. So uh, just wanted to put that out there today um, on our podcast courtside because courtside wouldn't be the same without camera people like mo brown and and hoopers um but um, that were lost kobe Gigi, and and the three other young ladies that passed and their parents and everything like that it's just it's it's about hoops but it's always more than that right here on yeah their memories Mm -hmm. are blessings to us i I think that's a a saying in the in the jewish culture and i I really appreciate it Uh, yeah hope that's a great yeah hope these people's memories are a blessing to everyone and you remember yeah. those times that uh if you're missing anybody really yeah hopefully, hopefully it brings you some comfort so ooh um, we that's yeah that'll do it for you can go time. ahead and <laughs> no, that was, you close it you close no, it, I, it is it is it's it's tough it's tough when you when yeah. you think about the, this kind of stuff but obviously we always want to send out thoughts and prayers and make sure that you guys are feeling um like you can come here and be comforted too so that's right that's courtside. Uh, you want, I can, I, I'll, I'll sign out. I'll sign out for Christy Witter Scott. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. Thanks for joining us here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. We'll be back next week with a whole bunch more to talk about in the world of women's basketball. And we hope you have a lovely day.